0: Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, he's Patrick, and we're doing a belated podcast to run through the 2020 schedule of the Washington Redskins, which officially dropped last Thursday evening. We're recording this on the subsequent Monday. Um, But we figured better late than never in terms of the schedule, considering there isn't much else to talk about, either in the football world or the sports world in general. Um, so given that to give you a little bit of a behind the scenes, you know, we were talking about this as of last Thursday and, uh, Patrick and I were actually texting back and forth when the schedule first dropped. And let's just say we had very similar outlooks on the season. Um, Pat, I'll let you provide your thoughts on that. Cause as mentioned, mine, were very, very much in line with the statement you kind of came out and
1: made right away. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to have another long season. That's the moral of the story. Um, you know, I think, I think I texted you when it came out four and 12. I think that's what I said. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is improvement shown, for the record. Um, we can't be much worse than we were last it's year.
0: It's a 33% improvement from last year. Yeah. yeah.
1: Don't sleep on the skins. Um, the more I've looked at the schedule, the more I've thought about our team, the more – and this is a little different than what you probably expect. I do feel a little better. Um, only because, like, we really couldn't be any worse than last year and we won three games. Um, so I think looking at the schedule, you know, I think going into that bye week I think it's like week eight or nine. It's week eight. Um, yeah, week eight. I think we're kind of going to be middle of the pack. Um, and I know there's a lot of hubbub that Rivera's teams get better later in the year. We might get better in later in the year, but we're still not going to win those games. I mean, you got Pittsburgh, San Fran, Seahawks, Panthers, Philly in the year. Like we're not going to win those games. Um, I actually have us falling at six and 10. Uh, I just, I just think that Del Rio and Rivera will somehow figure out a way to get us wins. Now I said something very similar last year about Jay Gruden. Cause we yep. always ended at seven and nine. Yep. Um, and maybe it's my Redskins burgundy and gold glasses. It is. I think we're going to find a way to win some random games. I still think it would be six and 10. I think what I care about is what that six and 10 really means. Like if we're five and five and we end six and 10 because of injuries, it's one thing. If we're, you know, five and five ended six and 10, but like Haskins plays really well. It's probably a good year. Um, so I don't want people just to look at the numbers, but I think we fall. I mean, four and 12 was my initial reaction. And I think we have too much. Our coaching staff will be good enough to get us to six, but I think that's the ceiling. I think that's what people need to like. I'm not coming out here saying we're going to all of a sudden win nine games and go to the playoffs. Uh, Cause Rivera is on record loosely by basically saying, this is going to take a year or two to turn around. Um, and I think the free agency signings reflect that. So I got us at six and 10. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just, people just have to realize we're not going to be that good. They just need to know that now.
0: I think you made a point about the fact that Rivera's, the free agent signings and Rivera's come out and said this and all of those things, there's a pretty prevailing sentiment among, you know, the Redskins beat reporters. If you really listen to them and among, you know, among the, as I the beat reporters, the coaches, again, if you listen, really listen to them as well, that this is kind of a tear it down or like year one in a multi-year process, exactly to your point. Like they know we're not going to be good this year. And I think, you know, they're, they're obviously never going to say that out publicly, but if you read between the lines, it's very much there. I think you made the point that I was going to make, um, or you made it in part. So I think given the, Amount of roster turnover, but more importantly, just the coaching staff even getting acclimated with their guys. I am a big believer that that's going to take some portion of the season. And I believe, I think in these, I hate saying this over and over again, because it just sounds so cliche, but like this, these unprecedented times, the Corona related restrictions that we're all facing right now. It's actually not cliche
1: because it's real.
0: Yeah, but I think we the teams lost so much time that they would ordinarily need to gel. And for literally for people to get to know each other, for pieces to kind of come together on the individual units, that already takes a long time. Like there's the old saying among NFL types, a cliche, if you will, that, you know, the NFL season doesn't really even start till four games into the season because we've lost so many practices and so many OTAs and things like that as a result of the CBA that like you don't really see what a team is until like four to six weeks into the, into the year. I don't believe we're going to see what this team actually looks like or what the team really is until week I'm saying six to eight at the minimum, to be completely honest with you. And the bad part of that is not so much at the six to eight weeks is kind of the, you know, wading into the waters or, um, or sticking your toe into the water type of thing. It's that week six to eight is, as you alluded to is really when we get into the teeth of the schedule, like as we were saying before we started recording, like the second half of this schedule is absolutely miserable. And I think that's what, where my perspective is on this that like i don't i'm firmly hanging out in four and 12 maybe five and 11 land um i think my final record is five and 11 just to give a teaser there we'll talk about how we'll get there but it's mostly because and i tend to be a little bit of a chicken little when it comes to the schedule like holy shit there's so many tough games and like where are we going to find these wins and things like that but i mean if you really look at the way the schedule lies like there's very few if any like, oh yeah, we got that one. Like, all right, well, at least we got that one on the schedule and and we'll kind of use that as a segue there. Right. Like, okay. For the second straight season, um, we opened up against Philadelphia. I think we opened at a link last year, but this year it's at home. So let's just, we'll do this um, NFL coach style. We're going to kind of go quarter by quarter, first, four, second, four, third, fourth, fourth, four games. Right. So the first four it's home versus the Eagles at the Cardinals at the Browns and home versus the Ravens. So, yikes, on that last fourth game, let's just start there. Or, I mean, let's just, you know, mention that right off the top. But I don't, I, I don't like any of these four games. I'm not comfortable with any of the four, and I'll, I'll dive into that, but I want to get your thoughts on that first.
1: Uh, yeah, before we do this, I'm just going to put one thing on the record. The NFL schedule release that they do is the dumbest thing the NFL does, and that's all I wanted to say. And we'll move on because I think it so a three-hour event out of
0: something that shouldn't be an event at all. But I mean, that's we've known the
1: who these teams were since December.
0: Yep, and it's just the order.
1: Um, anyway, yeah, the the Ravens game is terrifying. Let's um, talk about home game. Good lord, it's going to be a Baltimore home game. It's going to be all purple. Yeah, it's going to be a purple stadium. Um, the Eagles, Eagles are interesting to me. Um, this is going to sound kind of asinine, but I don't really fear any NFC East team. It's kind of funny, because like, I know they don't fear us, because we're so bad. Um, but like NFC East game, none of those teams are great. Um, and we could sneak one here and there. I'm not saying we're going to beat the Eagles week one. I'm just saying we could sneak in NFC East games. I think Arizona may... This, this is a very hard game for me to figure out, because like, part of me is like, they might torch us. mean that offense is loaded. Uh, especially now that they got hopped. Uh, but the other part of me is like, well, they don't have time to actually practice together. And if the NFL schedule gets tweaked at all, that's probably the game that gets tossed out, um, which is a small little caveat. Uh, The Browns, I think we can beat the Browns. Um, So maybe one and three, two and two, if we somehow sneak out a game against the uh, Eagles. But the Ravens are going to torch us. So let's just like toss that game out. Um, I think the, I think Arizona probably beats us up because it's on the road too. Because um, we go home, road, road, home. I think. Um, yep,
0: home, road, road, home.
1: I'm gonna go two and two, just based on the sheer fact that nobody can practice right now. And to your point around the first four weeks, I don't think any team's gonna know what the hell they're doing. Um, so I'm gonna go with two and two, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk up the Eagles' win, which will put DC in a freaking frenzy because of oh the Week God. Quarter up. <laughs> uh and I said uh, we'll lose to Arizona. I think we'll beat the Browns just cuz the Browns. Um and then we'll get we'll lose to the Ravens. That's probably a little optimistic. I actually kind of want to say 1-3, but because it is uh May 11th and I'm eating a lamb chop and I have nothing else to be looking forward to. I'm going two and two.
0: So I'm going to steal your one and three. Um, I'm going to vehemently disagree with you on terms of not fearing any NFC East team. There's one NFC East team in particular, and I'm going to get to the Cowboys. I'm going to get to them in a moment, but let's just say it's not the Eagles. And so by process of elimination, you should be able to arrive there. Um, So the one thing I keep looking at with the Eagles without trying to go too far down the rabbit hole there is I'm not, I don't, I don't see how the Eagles got better this off season. Like, I love the. I sh- drafted Jalen Hurts. Exactly. I'm I'm reveling in the shot in fraud of the Eagles fans losing their shit over drafting Jalen Hurts. I mean, um, I get it at a basic level. Like, conceptually, I get it. I just don't think with the second round pick, that was a luxury they could have really afforded. And, um, I don't know. It was, it was very strange. But um, I'm actually – I was more thrilled as a Redskins fan that they passed on Justin Jefferson to get Jalen Rieger from TCU. Like, them passing on Jeff- Justin Jefferson was just like, oh, thank God. He just breathed this big sigh of relief, even though I'll talk about the team, other team that drafted a wide receiver momentarily. Um, yeah, they added Darius Slay and Nikel Roby Coleman, which is fine. Um, I don't see the Eagles getting that much better. Arizona is going to be frisky. They are, I, I echo your sentiments, and I might even double down on what you're saying. I think they're, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't give a fuck. They put, a, they've got a few, a couple extra pieces on defense, headlined by Isaiah Simmons. I know he's going to be awesome right away, but he's going to be awesome in general. Um, I think a lot of Redskins fans, present company excluded, who are like, oh, yeah, it's Arizona. We can pencil and win there. Uh, that's a big, big mistake. Um... With Cleveland, I don't think we can overstate two things from last year. Um, one, Baker Mayfield spent the entire offseason drinking and getting fat and not giving a shit about football at all. And two, Freddie Kitchens was so overmatched for the job, and that came that became painfully apparent. Is there a head coach now? I don't even know. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, uh, Kirk's old boy.
1: Yeah, he was in the Minnesota guy. That's right. Yeah.
0: Right. So I, it's not like he's, you know, I'm not saying he's the second coming of Bill Walsh or anything, but I think it's just going to be better by the fact that it's not Freddie Kitchens and the inmates weren't running the asylum. Um, another thing, I, if there was another third thing that we can't, uh, we can't overstate as well as their line sucked, and they, you know, they signed two, they got two really good offensive tackles to fix that part up. I think they addressed the interior as well. Um, so I think they're going to be better than they were last year. Again, people are probably going to look at this and be like, oh, Cleveland was terrible last year. Uh, you know, we could probably win that. Um, I think we still won between Philadelphia and Cleveland. I think we drop it against Arizona because that's one of those, like, oh, you know, you, you kind of overlook them games. And I think we get embarrassed there because, one, DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. And uh, also, he's the best receiver in the NFL. They'll throw it all over our secondary because, uh, again, Kingsbury just doesn't give a shit. And, um, you know, it, that kind of rains on our parade a little bit. I could legitimately being completely honest, see one, see us stealing one against the Eagles, but I'm not banking on it. So I guess by process of elimination, I think we take the one against the Browns, even though I don't love that idea. So one and three from my first quarter.
1: So we have the same prediction, except I'm a little more rosy than you. Yeah, basically. I think that's fair to say.
0: So then moving on to the second quarter, we've got um, home against the Rams at the cursed New York Giants home against the even more cursed Cowboys, the aforementioned week eight bye, and then another rare two times in three games double dip against the Giants this time at home. Did Um, you see
1: the Dolphins play uh, the Jets back-to-back? I did not see that. That is... Yeah, it's it's very weird. They play the Jets, have a bye, and then they play the Jets again. That's (laughs) so
0: absurd. (laughs) It was weird when a a team plays a team in week 17 and then they play them again in the playoffs. And this is even better than that. Um, I'll start off. So I have them actually going two and two in this quartile and that may be very optimistic. Um, I just, for the life of me cannot see us getting swept by the giants or can't, I don't want to live in a world where we get swept by the cursed wretched New York giants and call me rose colored in this particular situation, but I'm actually going to say we steal it against the Rams. Um, I think I, I got the Rams as a little bit of a regression candidate from last year. Um, I, there's just questions about the you know can they rush the passer? Some of their interior offensive linemen. They've only got one quarter in Jalen Ramsey. They traded away every asset they have from here on out. Jared Goff is you know here today, gone tomorrow in terms of his performances. I'm still not betting against McVay's ability to tear us up in terms of you know throwing it all over us. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I, could, I think we can actually steal one against the Rams, and that may be really optimistic. And then I'm banking on a split against the Giants,
1: and I'll cover that mm-hmm.
0: other team momentarily but I'll get your thoughts
1: yeah I have this two and two as well um I think the Rams is we we're almost locked up here I promise if anyone's listening we've not, not texted essential. about this yes yeah uh I don't know what to think about the Rams I saw so I went to the Rams Seahawks game here in Seattle last year on Thursday night and it was one of the most incredible games I've ever watched it was high scoring like both teams looked like juggernauts and then the Rams just kind of disappeared um you know they they I don't know what I, don't, I mean I don't follow the Rams so I don't know if something happened like obviously Gurley wasn't Gurley because his knees golf is to your point like you never really know what you're going to get with them but they they kind of fizzled um I think we can beat the Rams I like golf doesn't scare me at that point we're five games into the year and fingers crossed Haskins has figured out the offense by then um I think we steal one from the Rams. I think we beat uh, the Giants. I almost went 3-1 because of the Cowboys, uh, but C- CD scared me a little too much, so I decided not to um, not to pick a win versus the Cowboys, which sucks is that I have us losing to the Cowboys twice. Uh, but I think we beat the Rams. I think we could go 3-1 because I, I actually think the Giants might be really bad. Um, I hope the like, Giants are really bad. I think I- they might be like epically bad. I really hope so. They got Dave, Saquon, but, like, that's about it.
0: Dave Gettleman is the source of endless amusement for me. Um,
1: yeah. So, so I'll come two and two because, because I know we're going to trip up in one of those two games. It's I'll just, cover the just Giants for a second. Redskins one. To your point,
0: yes. Um, that, exactly. That's where my head was at. That I think we'll drop one against the Giants because that's just what happens. Like, that's what we do. Um, if I'm being nice about the Giants, like, I think their offensive line, they fixed that up pretty well, like, with starting with Andrew Thomas in the draft and um, – I think they've just done a good job of upgrading there. They finally got some upgrades in linebacker. They signed James Bradbury to pair with DeAndre Baker, who was their, I think, their second first-round pick last year. You mentioned Saquon. They're going to ride him into the ground. They're going to let him touch the ball 450 times, which is great, let him break down as fast as possible. Um, You know, their receivers are whatever. Darius Slayton, their second-year guy, was quietly frisky last year. You know, they've got pieces on the the thing, but – I can't get excited about Daniel Jones. I'm sure the rest of the NFL feels that way about Dwayne Haskins, but like, just I'm sorry, Daniel Jones was what he was. And I think you know, they was grossly overdrafted because, as we've talked about before, John Mara is boys with David Cutcliffe, or because Eli Manning was, and therefore John Mara was. Um, when it comes to Dallas, I mean, let me be abundantly clear on this that. Um, For me to say anything nice about Dallas, like I would rather say nice things about Al-Qaeda or the Kardashians who are like in the same sentence for me than I would about Dallas. And so with that caveat in mind, I'm going to say, to to me, the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC this year. In the whole NFC? In the entire conference. I think the Cowboys are the best team. Dude, whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up, back up. You think they're the whole best team in the whole – NFC? In the whole conference, hot take, whether you want to come out or not. And again, let me be abundantly clear. I fucking hate Dallas with every fiber of my entire being. Dude, and Their defense. That, they got no defense. Their Zero. front seven is so gross in terms of – see, this is one thing I don't think people – like, and it's weird because this is a time when no one's talking about the Cowboys, maybe because no one's talking about the NFL. But like, I know these guys are past their prime, but they added Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe to the defensive line. They've already got DeMarcus Lawrence. They've already got Tyrone Crawford. This is a really, really, really good front four. Their linebackers might be the best in the NFC in Sean Lee, whenever he's healthy, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. He's still on their team? I know he was a free agent. Did he re-sign with them? I'm pretty sure he's still there. And, again,
1: I, I think their front seven is ridiculous. I think They the also back- got many Sean Lee. What's their superstar linebacker? Brankin Brackett. He went to like Der Esch? Boise. Yeah, yeah, Van Der Esch
0: and, and Leighton Van Der who's yeah.
1: really good. And Jalen Smith, who
0: is, you know, amazing. recovered. So that front seven, I think alone, I think their secondary has questions like, ha ha, Clinton Dix. Congratulations. We've had him. There's a bunch of, there's a reason why he's rotated three teams in three years, mm-hmm. right? Like I wouldn't get excited there. So I think the secondary is a problem, but their front seven on defense is so good. And you added CeeDee Lamb to Amari mm-hmm. Cooper and Michael Gallup. On top of that, you still have uh, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Dak Prescott, I hate 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 saying this, but Dak Prescott was very good last year. Um, I think the sixty four thousand dollars question, proverbially speaking, is one: Is Mike McCarthy good enough? I think the year away and getting away from the NFL and will fix the staleness a little bit for him. Although I'm hoping I'm dead wrong about this. Is Mike Nolan really that good of a defensive coordinator? I hope I'm no. I hope he's he continues to not be. And I think the secondary is a problem. But I, I will triple down on my statement as much as i hope i'm wrong that i think dallas is the best team in the nfc so yeah. i have us losing this game as well as the next cowboys game as a teaser
1: <laughs> after that ran i thought for sure you had us beating them <laughs> all right so that
0: basically puts us both i think at three and five for halfway through the four. season
1: i have us at four and four
0: four and four yes sorry okay um that puts us in the quarter three, so then we go on the other side of the second half of the season, go at Detroit, home against the Bengals of Cincinnati, against the Cowboys on fucking Thanksgiving Day, and then at the Steelers. Um, I'm going to go one and three, and I'm going to let you start talking.
1: Yeah, I got one and three as well. Uh, this is actually my favorite part of the whole schedule, because I was looking at the Lions and Rams. I, I was going to say this about the Giants, too, but held off, because I think it's this, this part's more fun. You know somewhere in Detroit, two guys are on a podcast right now and they're like, Oh, the Redskins. Yes, they are. That's that's a that's death. our one. That's <laughs> our one right there. That's our one win. Um <laughs> so I think we lose to the Lions. I think Stafford's gonna come back and uh have a pretty decent year. I've always really liked Stafford. Um, probably just because of his massive arm. Dude can throw the ball for miles. Um I think we'll beat the Bengals. Uh, I know they're obviously have Burrow now. I just think they have a long way to go as a team. Uh, plus, it's at FedEx in, you know, I don't know, that's going to be November. So, you're looking at about, you know, cool 10,000 fans in the stadium. I'm guessing the Cincinnati fans won't travel. So, that'll be kind of like a dead game. And we're going to, like, sneak some random win, which is going to hurt our draft. Eventually, it's going to come back to us. That's the game that's going to come back to us, right? Uh, I think Dallas on Thanksgiving, man, that's a tough draw. It's a ratings monster. This is like the fifth, year, fifth out of the last six year. I think, we play on Thanksgiving Day. We're we'll going to lay a turn uh, on that day. It's going to be a big, yeah. bad turn. We, I mean, we've, have we, we've beat the Cowboys once, and that was a glorious – I was going to say, I think it's, it's the RG3 game is the only one I can bet. Yeah, it's, on. it's the only time we've ever beat them on Thanksgiving. We beat the Giants on Thanksgiving a few years back um, in a meaningless game that I'm sure we all watched. Uh, but being – like, I love Thanksgiving. I love it. I think it's my favorite holiday. I would agree and, with the holiday part. Yeah. I, it's my, it's definitely now, my favorite
0: holiday when the Redskins are not playing on it.
1: And now i got to go eat Thanksgiving dinner at my in-laws Knowing the skins are gonna get their ass whooped. Yep. And hey, that's gonna suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then Pittsburgh. This one is kinda of, I almost picked us to beat Pittsburgh. If it was in DC, I think I'd pick us to win. Um but on the pick road us in to win Pittsburgh, in D C. Yeah, I think knowing that like the Steelers fans would still take over the stadium. Oh yeah, I've I've been to a Steelers game at FedEx. Yeah, right. Um uh I just by the way, we go at Dallas, at Pitt, at San Fran. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Pitt wins. Um, the reason I was thinking about picking them is like, so Roethlisberger missed what pretty much fourteen games last year, uh, and from everything I've read, he's just drinking beer and hanging out. Yep. Uh, so who knows what their team's going to look like? I mean, it's Tomlin; he'll have them ready at some in some capacity. Uh, but I have this one in three. So we lose to the Lions and some dumb heartbreaking fashion because we probably should beat them uh we beat the Bengals. on the flip side we probably should lose and we find a way to win uh i think that's the game you'll see del rio being a good defensive coordinator i think he will confuse burrow um dallas walks over us in thanksgiving and then pittsburgh i have it as lost but that's the kind of game where injuries could go either way
0: so we flip-flop our detroit and cincinnati games um I am also a Matt Stafford fan. I agree with you that the guy can throw a ball a country mile. Um, my perspective on this was, you know, yes, the Redskins beat them last year, but Jeff, Jeff Driscoll was a quarterback at that time. But even when Matt Stafford was there, I think Detroit was 3-4-1 and one for the first eight games that he started in. So it's like, it's not like he was actually tearing shit up and they just, you know, the bottom fell out after that, although they did lose every other single game. Um... I just, I, kind of going through the rosters, one, I think Matt Patricia is just hopelessly and hilariously overmatched. I think he's just a joke of a coach. I think he might be one of Belichick's worst like coaching hires this side of like Eric Mangini and even Eric Mangini was decent for a year or two. Um, I think Patricia is just an idiot and he has no idea what he's doing. And he's trying to be Belichick and he's failing miserably. I keep looking at the roster from last year and ask myself, how is this team better than a bottom five team? Like, are they substantially that much better? They, as usual, just did a bunch of hodgepodge signings. I mean, they find, there's pieces, Desmond Trufant, Jamie Collins, Daron Harmon, okay, two former Patriots there. Surprise, surprise. And then you sign Jeff, I mean, you drafted Jeff Okuda with a third overall pick. He's a awesome. Do you really need a corner with a third overall pick? How much is that going to fix your team? Um, they ruined, I have DeAndre Swift's fan, uh, fantasy stock, for next year, and they ruined it by drafting him. So I can just go ahead and write off DeAndre Swift as being a contributor to my fantasy team if a fantasy season happens. Um, so, point being, I'm less optimistic about Detroit than you are, or I'm more optimistic, I guess, from a Redskins more, perspective. Yeah. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to be kind of risky next year, and I recognize I'm saying that about a two and fourteen team, like. Joe Burrow's got pieces around him. Like, their line isn't terrible. It's not good, but it's not terrible. Uh, Tyler Boyd is good. A.J. Green is still there. It's the best I can say about him. They've got a couple of receivers they get things from, an Auden Tate and Alex Erickson. Um, if they spread shit around and just kind of let Joe Burrow go four wide, I think he can do well. And that's not even mentioning
1: Joe Mixon, who's really, really good. He's a knucklehead, I like Mixon. But he's really, really good. Never want him, Never want him on our team because um, he is more than a knucklehead, but he's good. Yeah. He's really good.
0: Their, def- uh, their secondary, their linebackers kind of stink, but they've got a defensive line and they've got a secondary, which I think should be enough. Um, I kind of like, I mean, I don't think they're going to win more than like five, six games next year, but I think one of their five or six wins is against us. I really do. And um, I think at that point in time, Redskins fans are just going to start flinging their poop at each other, especially considering it'll be going into Dallas week. Um, Dallas already talked about. And then with Pittsburgh, like we ain't winning Pittsburgh. I, to your point, like, this is the same team as last year. I think it's something like 19 starters are back from last year's team. They were one game out of the playoffs, and they're getting Ben Roethlisberger back. They won't have Mason the racist Rudolph as their quarterback. Anymore. Right? So, uh, okay. yeah. I'm surprised that guy yeah, hasn't, worn, that, hasn't worn a MAGA hat on the sidelines. Like, that's all that's left from him. I mean, that's I mean,
1: pretty much wasn't Miles Garrett trying to basically make sure he'd never wear a helmet again. That's um, rooting for Miles Garrett. The uh, that Bengals game, by the way, is low key a very important game for Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to start a Haskins debate right now, but like he needs to beat Burrow. He really needs to. Like I, I listened to his uh, interview with JP Finley today. It's actually a pretty good get, interview. I did not get a chance to. It was on my thing, list of things to do, and I didn't get a chance to. It's it's a pretty good interview. I think some of his answers are definitely scripted, but you kind of get the sense that he's a lot more he's a lot more relaxed now, especially now that Tua is not on our team. Um, but he beat up Burrow at Ohio State, right? Burrow transfers has arguably the greatest greatest season ever for a college quarterback. I didn't even think about that angle. Yeah, I, and that's a very important game for him. And by that point in the season, we have the team roughly – I have them at that point at four and five. You have them, I think at like three and six, maybe Or actually, I think we're both at four and five. Cause you have the lines as a win. Like you win at- that game. You're, you're at 500 and you're building momentum. You lose that game going into Dallas. You lose Dallas. All of a sudden you're at Pittsburgh. You lose that. All of a sudden you lose it, San Francisco. And like you're staring at, I think we're a little too far away at that point for Trevor Lawrence, but that will be all over the media. Um, if it's not Trevor Lawrence, so, it's Justin Fields. So Yeah, whichever one. So I think that Bengals game is low-key a critical game for Dwight Baskets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even think the, the, the Joe Burrow storyline from Ohio State didn't even put two and two together. That's gonna that's a, that's gonna, it's going um, to be all over. Of course, they're going to talk about that endlessly. Um, but I just think just the fact that people are going to be like, this is a rookie and Haskins is the second year and you lost to a rookie irrespective of the supporting cast and all of those types of things. I couldn't agree more from that perspective. Um, I just think it's important from the perspective of like, they've got to pick up some wins when they're on the schedule, because to your point, as you alluded to in a second, the rest of the schedule is absolutely miserable and it could get very ugly, very fast. And, the um, Trevor Lawrence slash Justin Fields slash whoever the guy from North Dakota State is that people are talking about that they shouldn't be talking about, but they're going to be talking about like that. Those rumors are going to start, or those whispers are all going to
1: start coming in. And of course it's just going to be another quarterback shit show over here. But to yeah, cap- so for the, for the back half of these last four games, I have us at five and seven through that the means last we're prob- Yeah. That means we're probably in some stupid playoff simulator that we can still technically make it. You have five. No, really I have
0: sorry. four wins. I got, I'm four and eight on my end. I've got one and three, two and two and one and three on my end. Yeah. I'm two and two, two and two, one and three, Yeah, and five
1: and seven.
0: Yep. So then, I mean, the bottom falls out here for me. Um, And I think my one in three prediction over the last four is completely, is, is very object or is very optimistic. And I think honestly, for me, it's probably just coming against that week 17 game against the Eagles is where my win is coming. Maybe that week 16 game against Carolina. Um, So I will say with San Francisco kind of building on the Dallas comment, um, I don't see San Francisco being as good as they were last year. I don't think they're like suddenly going to fall to a six or seven win team. I think instead of being, I don't can't remember what they finished last year, but if let's just say they were a 12 win team, they're going to be a 10 win team. Cause I just, I think people are kind of writing that, penciling them in like, oh, they're going to be exactly the same. Um, Statistics prove that defenses year over year have the most variance. Like even if you take the same 11 guys, the way the team performs, you know, year over year is very, very, like there's consistency is is not always there. Um, their big, their loan addition, which everyone knows now, is Trent Williams. Um, but they lost to Forrest Buckner, and I don't think it's just this wash that you can call it when they drafted Juwan Kiernlow with the 13th or 14th pick. I think it was 14, um, whatever it was. I, I think, I, I mean, to be very, very clear, San Francisco is definitely beating us. They'll beat us substantially. I just don't think San Francisco is um, the same NFC favorite that they were last year. Plus people kind of forget that the last six games or so, San Francisco started to look a little shaky on defense before they got to the playoffs and kicked everyone's ass.
1: Yeah, I got us a 1-3-2. Uh, that defense statistic where, you know, it varies year over year. I mean, I'm guessing that just solely based on turnovers. I mean, defense is – Probably is a large portion of it. Yeah, I mean, it, You, Carlos Rogers drops one – interception and in our defense is bad. He picks off two. our defense could be great. You know, that, that kind of thing swings a pendulum of what a defense is because all those stats are based off yards. And if your defense isn't on the field, it's not going to matter.
0: Even um, the advanced metrics. My philosophy is I think we annoyed in their defensive coordinator, Robert Sully, a little too
1: fast where like, I think last year was a little bit he of would just like but, him because he's always jacked up. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think last year, the first 10 games, they were incredible. No if, ands or buts about it. Like they were phenomenal. And I think they have – it was a little bit of, like, you know, everything clicking on all cylinders. But, like, I need a little more duration to start saying that this guy is, you know, fucking Buddy Ryan. Like, let's let's cool things down a little bit and see where, you know, this all shakes out. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. My, my win comes from the Panthers. Uh, I am shocked this wasn't a – if this was a normal NFL season, I bet you this is week one or two.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: I am – Stunned this game wasn't earlier. I'm also kind of stunned this game wasn't in primetime or something. Um, shout out to the NFL for not giving us a primetime game. Yeah, one two teams time. not to get one first time since 1982,
0: <laughs> uh, and thank you.
1: Yeah. With the amount of primetime games, though, it, and there's what, four a week? Um, three a week at, at least. least. Men, bare minimum is three a week. The fact yep. that we're not in one of them is I mean. If you're a Redskins fan and don't realize how bad you are based off that set alone, then you, you got no business being a Skins fan because you're not realistic. I was going to say that should but, speak volumes. Yeah. So, I got one wondering, I think we beat the Panthers. I think that's the kind of game where Rivera will downplay it all week. Uh, but I think at that point, the team will really buy into who he is and they'll just come out and beat the shit out of the Panthers. That's a great point. I didn't even think about it from, I
0: I can't believe I missed the most obvious angle about the Rivera thing.
1: Yeah. That's That's what I have. I think Philly is going to be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the year. So not going to be good for us. Um, Plus it's on the road. San Fran's going (laughs) to, San Fran beat us nine, nothing last year because of the rain. Right. (laughs) It's in San Francisco. It's, it's off. It's our third consecutive road game. Um, Probably off two, which we're going to be licking wounds, not looking forward to that. Uh, san francisco game and the game on the calendar that is most intriguing to me personally is the seahawks game i'm so bummed this is in dc and not here uh shout to anyone who's listening i live in seattle now and my in-laws are huge seahawks fans. i was going to ask you that like do you live in seahawks in seahawks territory yeah, like, we're like, not like, talking your we're home. not talking small fans we're talking like my brother-in-law i kid you not lives in breeze football he coaches football Follows every Twitter account on football in the world. Reads football books. Knows every single thing about every single free agent that uh, you know, the Seahawks have. This is a football family that loves the Seahawks. They've been season ticket holders since like the 90s before their first Super Bowl run with Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, they love it. I was going to so ask, like, are
0: they, they're, they're not established 2011 fans?
1: No, they're not. Okay. They are, they're probably established like John Kitna right before Hasselbeck. Seahawk fans. Okay. Um, uh, so they're legit. But like, we're, dude, first off, we're not going to win this game. Um, but like, please, please just win. Just like, if you give me one bone on the schedule, just win that game. The problem for me in this it's, game, it's, it's cliche to say this, but Russell Wilson's too damn good.
0: I mean, I, I hate oh, saying, so good. like saying like blanket maxims like that. I think it's the laziest form of analysis that there is, but Russell Wilson is too damn good. I mean, that guy's a fucking magician in so many cases, right? Like he can will you to legitimate victories. I'm trying to come up with this like preseason NFL quarterback rankings column just because there's nothing else to write about. And I think I was trying to rank all 32 quarterbacks. And uh, I think I had Wilson as three behind, you know, two of the more obvious names.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, he's so damn good. I am about 95% positive that my father-in-law likes me for two reasons. 5% is because I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And 95% because you're from 757? 95% because my dad sent him a picture of me and Russell standing at half court of the basketball game because we're playing against sports against each other. I'd buy that. I would buy that. <laughs> I day, think that's day, the only reason. Qualify. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think – I mean, the Seahawks are going to be – they're kind of the – they always are right this way. They're kind of like the sum of the parts. Um, you know, outside of Russell, no one really scares me on that team. They're very wonky, but um, yes, the sum, of, sum is greater than the
0: individual parts. Yeah, very, a good yeah. way
1: to put it. Um, but, like, oh, man, they're probably going to beat us. You know, there's just no way around it. But I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope we win that game. But one and three. We finished six and ten. Skins fans, the 2012 team won ten games, and that team sucked. I know, we had, I know we had Robert Griffin on the magical run, but don't forget weird things can happen, like, I don't know, read options where Robert Griffin fumbles the ball right into Josh Morgan for a touchdown on Sunday night football against the Giants. All I'm saying is we could win 10 games, but it's going to take a miracle. I'm not fine. I was, was going
0: to say, I, I, I can't even find se- seven wins on this, short of like you know a bunch of people losing their legs on the opposing teams because like you know you, you have to say like who are you swinging i mean all right you can maybe swing arizona because i think we all both of us although i think you chopped them up as a win but like you ain't swinging baltimore you ain't swinging in my opinion but the cowboys games as much as i would love to um you know the steelers game i, I definitely don't think we're swinging that although i guess to your point Dude, we I,
1: could we could swing the Steelers. i think
0: there's a universe that that could happen like if we're being you know irrationally optimistic um I still think there's a split somewhere in the Eagles. I just – I was – and this is another stand for the NFC East opponent, which I feel weird about, but I think it was whatever Carson Wentz's MVP season where he started to blow out his knee. I think it was 17. Carson Wentz was a yeah, you're the, the one on the Super Bowl, right? He was a wrecking machine, man. Like that guy legitimately terrified me. Then he blew out his knee. Then Nick Foles did the Nick Foles thing. And I kept saying, like, man, when Wentz gets back, when he gets mm-hmm. fixed, he's going to start tearing shit up. He's never been the same guy between the knee injury, the back injury, and all that stuff. And I think the birds are starting to circle over there, no pun intended, in terms of like, you know, um, and I think just the Jalen Hurts thing adds another layer to that. And what I of know, a I don't, bizarre pick. It was just so strange. And like, he tried to like, what's his name try to justify it. Like, well, I missed on Russell Wilson so quarterback. I miss on this guy. And I'm like, they want to be a quarterback factory. Wasn't that then? And I'm like, I just, I don't know to, to the counterpart. Like, everyone's like, Oh, I feel so bad for Jalen hurts. I'm like, I'm sorry. You feel bad for Jalen hurts. Like you're going to a team. That's going to win. You're going, there's no pressure on you initially. And, the worst case scenario is you're either starting for the Eagles or they're going to trade you in two years for a second round pick to somebody who's going to look for you. Like, I'm sorry. Why are, why are you upset? Like this is actually a perfect situation for you. And you're playing for a quarterback friendly coach. Like those people who are like, Oh, I feel so bad for Jalen Hurts. Like what? And the dude in front of you is brittle. And the dude in front of you is brittle. Like I just, I, I don't get it. I that, 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 that angle I didn't get, but that's neither me. I am not a big Jalen Hurts guy in general. My wife is Alabama alumni. We've talked about that. And I said it since day one that, you know, to attack a was better than him from the minute he arrived on campus.
1: I um, yeah. So six and ten. Is what I think I think our floor is probably three and thirteen again. Four and twelve. Um, I think I think the actual it, look. The two thousand twelve team was really bad. And uh, if people are listening to this, like they're going to give me a lot of shit for that because we went ten and six and we had RG three and Alfred and it was awesome. That team was not good. RG three was 100%. just amazing. Archie that Rivers was just amazing. That
0: was a smoke and mirrors team. I, I will say people will like to hear it as well. Kyle Shanahan coached and Mike Shanahan coached their yeah. ass off that season in terms of the scheme. The whole, that they put we took the league
1: by the storm with Griffin.
0: Some of those um, running lanes that Alf was running through, I mean, you could have run a convoy of trucks through in many yeah. cases. And I'm not taking away from Alf. Alf was a beast that year. But, like, I mean, yeah. they, they they pantsed opponents last year in, yeah.
1: in 12. Yeah, so my, my point is, like, there is a world where we catch fire and win nine games, right? We flip the 50-50 games and don't lose any of the games that we shouldn't lose. We're not shouldn't lose because there's probably not a single game that we shouldn't lose on the schedule. Um, but, like, we win most – any, like, toss-up game, we win, right? Um, so there's that world. So that's why I have a 6-10. and 10. Um, I think we are a much going to be a much better coach team. Um you think about last year and I definitely said, and I would have to go back and listen to what exactly said, but I am like 95% positive. I said something to the effect of like, we're always finished seven and nine with Gruden, you know, something to that effect, something in that neighborhood. Um, This year, I think is definitely going to be a foundation year. I just like, I think we will be so much better coached and it doesn't necessarily mean Rivera. I think a lot of it has to do with Del Rio. Like, Dude, Minuski was so bad. The upgrade so between Minuski and Del Rio, also another thing that can't be overstated. Yeah. And, like, Kerrigan's not dropping back to guard Sproles in the, in the flat this year. I mean, it might happen once or twice, but, like, it's not going to be something you can count on week in, week out. Um, you know, I think I'm excited for Moreau to move on the outside permanently. Um, we have some fun pieces to play around with. I think our – I mean, our defensive line ridiculous. Uh, and if Chase Young can come in and Kerrigan can kind of be a little better now that he's got some, you know, he doesn't have to play every snap, basically, and Payne can continue to get better now and can get better. The defense alone, by the way, I'm not saying we're going to be a top ten defense, which we all said last year before the season. I'm not saying anything along those lines. I'm just saying the defense alone is going to find a way to win us a couple more games than we did last year. We were awful last year. We had two head coaches. We had a head coach. Who didn't? Who literally said in his introductory press conference, "It's not about the amount of yards or points you score; it's about the amount of carries you get." Mm. Like that was our head coach. Welcome to 1965,
0: for, Bill Callahan.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that was. A, or he didn't say more points. He said it's more about the uh, attempts than it is the yards. Dude, like, no wonder Haskins sucks for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, we had the Trent situation. We had the Bruce Allen talking about our culture. Like, that team just was a disaster.
0: It's no secret uh, a lot of people thought that Bill Callahan was the leak in terms of, like, the coaching staff didn't want Dwayne Haskins. And, like, a lot of people no, thought yeah. he, he was the mole.
1: Yeah. So, like, I just – the fact that they went 3-10 and ten with that team makes me believe we'll find a way to win a couple more games this year. Um, but I don't think – and 6-10, i I'm even I'm like, ooh, you know, maybe that's a little too many. But I think that's what we end up at. I'm, I'm, I'm on not. Record.
0: I'm not equating us to the 49ers defense in any in, in any realistic capacity, right? But we're building it the same. We're building it the same. If you also think about, it, remember the 49ers were like four and twelve the year before they went on this big Super Bowl run, and everyone was like, you put all these resources into the defensive line, and you were like only got one return investment out of it in terms of DeForest Buckner, right? And then you add Nick Bosa, and everything kind of comes together. I feel like there's a portion of that with Chase Young. So it's two pieces. I think Chase Young is 10% of it, using your your pie metaphor, in terms of the being able to unlock it. And I think 90% is Jack Del Rio will stop having our defensive lineman play patty cake with the opponent and actually just like go and unleash hell. If you remember, we talked about this sometime during the middle of the season, where like Preston Smith made those comments, like Preston Smith, why are you doing so well? I was like, because I'm actually being used in the right way. I think that's exactly to our point about Greg Minuski and the difference that Jack Del Rio is going to make. That he's going to allow those guys to play up to their potential and unleash hell and be much better than they were. Because everyone's like, oh, you spent all these picks and like you know on Deron Payne and and, and Jonathan Allen and you know and and those guys. And what did you get? Even Montez Sweat to a lesser extent. And what have you gotten out of it? I think it's like, well, you got a bunch of nincompoop coaches who haven't allowed them to do what they should do. I think the back seven, to finish the point, like there's still a ton of questions. Thomas Davis is old, Cole Holcomb is one guy, and um, who am I missing? I don't even know who the third line, I'm missing the third linebacker off the top of my head. And the secondary is an absolute disaster, not even including Landon Collins in that. Like, wonderful. Love, we talked about love Kendall Fuller. That's great. That's not a number one cornerback solution. And then you're talking about Fabian Moreau, and again, I'm missing somebody else probably. Oh, and then just the rest of the young guys. So great. Like, I, I think there's just, it's going to be a mess. Um, but I think, If nothing else, that part will be more optimistic. And then the left tackle thing, I still don't think people are talking about enough. The left tackle spot's going to be a mess. Like we got the guy we keep calling Cornelius Griffin playing left tackle. And uh, yeah, I don't even, can't even say he's going to be as good as Donald Penn last year. And that's nothing to be excited about.
1: Penn was okay for what he was. Not great, not bad. He just kind of was there. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, Sometimes we look up Del Rio's uh defensive stats, like overall defensive stats. Um, and you probably have these somewhere, but like I remember reading something along the lines of he has never had like anything worse than like a seventeenth ranked defense or something. As a coordinator um, I, can't remember. I think one- yeah, as a, as a as a coordinator, not as a not as a head coach. Yeah, one lousy year with as the Raiders head coach, but to your
0: point, like as a coordinator, I think it's all been in the top twelve ish. At worst,
1: yeah. uh, this is I'm not I'm not I'm not going down a pipe dream here. My point is is like at Del Rio alone with the defensive line. I think I think we would games. and you know, I, I mean I'm, Dwayne Haskins blindside could be terrifying. This you saying Donald Penn's got me terrified. Um, but you know I Peters could come in. You never know. We got a lot of money to spend. You know, um, basket uh hopefully so did you read ben standings article this morning about uh the uh, scouts about charles yeah the scouts takes yes dude read that again about charles sadiq charles is interesting i I don't think he's ready right away but i think so
0: i'm gonna didn't do it we didn't do a draft recap um i don't want to spend too much time on it because you can hear that from a ton of other sources i will say Mm -hmm. this my Mm knee-jerk reactions to antonio gibson and sadiq charles were less than optimal, knee-jerk reactions, right? But I think knee-jerk reactions from an asshole like me really don't mean anything and shouldn't mean anything in general, right? After doing a little more digging, I'm a little more lukewarm on everybody else's than on Antonio Gibson. I think the Christian McCaffrey comparisons are very lofty, but if he turns out to be, and I'm dead wrong, wonderful, delightful, that would be tremendous, right? Um, Sadiq Charles was a, is a was a nice gem. And what I'm trying to say by all of this, I trust Kyle Smith really, very much in terms of his late round acumen, and I think this is where he makes his money. I think he's an excellent talent evaluator. I think there's a lot of guys where they're like, We like this guy, I don't care what the rest of the scouting world says. This is our guy. Um, the guy from the, the interior lineman from San Diego State, the Ishmael, money, or whatever his name is, yeah, Ishmael, the money backer from um, uh, from uh, Michigan. Um, those two guys, I, I didn't like the seventh round picks, those were like whatever I think. No, those good. are washes anyway, people are exactly. just picking there. That, but, those are all combine um, warriors. Both of those guys were very interesting in, in addition to Sadiq Charles and Antonio Gandy Golden. We've talked about those. Everyone's well aware of those. But especially, like, I, I, de- I definitely think Charles is a. And he's not Jerron Christian where, like, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Like, I think there's a lot there. I think his bugaboo from everything that I've heard is, like, he's just got to stay off the weed.
1: Yeah, the only he's thing I else. Smith. But he can smoke weed now.
0: Well, one or two times. And then after that, there's <laughs> coming down on you.
1: Just don't become Trent Williams. Yeah, just don't. Um, uh, although is there any, can you just, can you smoke now cause of the CBA? Like, is there any, uh, penalty for smoking? Yeah, there's some type. So first
0: offense is you go into some type of counseling program and they try to get you off of it. And then the second time I think there's something else. And then the third time is a suspension, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like Josh Gordon or a third time you're basically banned from life.
1: You're yeah. Um, uh, the only thing I'll say about the draft is, uh, and this is not my take. So shout out to my buddy Chester. Um, you know, I I agree with you. When we drafted Gibson, I was like, "Who the shit is this guy?" Yep. Uh, the only reason I knew who he was is Kim tweeted like ten minutes beforehand. I wonder if they take Gibson. Yep. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. He was preternatural with some of these like choices, man. He was. That guy's plugged in. Yeah, he is. Um, he's also been covering the team for thirty years, so I hope he's plugged yeah. in. Um, but the the thing about the Gibson pick, and this is where my buddy Chester comes in, and it also has a little to do with the tight end uh, or lack thereof Draft um, pick is when was the last time one of our head coaches was like, yeah, I spoke to our offensive coordinator. He wanted his player. He We laid out groundwork exactly how we would use him. And then we drafted him. Like there was a plan to draft him. Um, as opposed to like, oh, we just drafted David Amerson because he had some awesome one-off oh year at NC State. And uh, we like his potential, right? So that's why I like the Gibson thing.
0: There's rumors
1: that Shanahan really liked Emerson. That there's rumors well, about that. That that was a Shanahan, Shanahan guy. If you read Shanahan's or look at Shanahan's draft history with defense players, it's hard. Yeah. Um, uh, but the point with Gibson is like this, and not to, not to say he's Christian McCaffrey, but like you can say you can see how Turner wants to use him. And this dude is not small. He's fairly big, and he runs a four three nine. Uh, they don't call him a speed guy. They call him a big guy. Yet he runs a four three nine. Yep. Dude's got tools. Um, I
0: love the fact, that, to, uh, to your point, that they target him. Like this was something that the coaching staff wanted, and I think that puts him very well positioned in terms of what they're going to get out of him, the way they can use him, um, all those things.
1: Yeah. But yeah. And the other point my buddy Chester made is like, A, I thought that was put on. a B, B, this is the first draft where I like we're not just drafting based off. Of any sort of need, um, we were literally taking best player available. I'm convinced. I'm a hundred percent convinced of it, except for maybe Gibson. Yeah, yeah but Gibson, true best player. Also, best the way Ron described it, is best player vo- available for what our needs are. Yep. So he kind of he kind of w- wove them back in. But to your point, once you get into later rounds, that's where Kyle shines. And you know the Charles pick for instance. This is a day two guy. Some people were like he might be the best left tackle. Next year, not this in this draft, but next year, you might have been the best left tackle in the draft. And, yeah, so what? He smokes weed. Guess what? All a of America people, lot, lot. I was going to say a lot of people smoke weed. Yeah. Um, and if he – it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious if we would have drafted him if that 49ers trade doesn't go down. Uh, but I, that's a, you know, different world. Because that that trade to Trent goes down, we draft Charles like 10 minutes later.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, to, 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 to reiterate the same point, like I I, I, I was – had very i was very little i was not impressed at all with like the ishmael pick and the like i said all the other guys afterwards ishmael but, though sounds like he's gonna be a
1: stud based but on like whatever everything you read about. there's a
0: lot of people including the standing article which to anyone who doesn't have subscribed to athletic you should another great um piece by them um he sounds like a real a, a nice diamond in the rough if you will um but again even though i don't know any of these guys from anybody like i i, I can't say enough that i think Kyle Smith and their staff knows exactly what they're looking for. And they went out and got guys. They're like, I don't really care what the consensus is. These are guys who we fit. We we believe fit our program. And that's really the best thing you can ask for. So I trust them implicitly. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about the guys they took. And again, if the seventh rounders don't work out then whatever, the percentage of those working out is next to nothing as it is.
1: Um, That Ishmael picks also smart because Ruya is going to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. For better or for worse. And I'm not Um, trying to pay a center. One thing I want to, I want to make sure when we talk about what the
0: draft um, Redskins fans losing their mind, one for a tight end and two for Thaddeus Moss. I I don't get it. I don't get it. Like this tight end class stunk. We said it before the draft. We said during the draft. We said it after the draft, this tight end class was not good. If, there were three additional prospects that were actually good in this. They would have been gone gone very early on and these guys would all have been pushed way, way late. Like this was not a good group. It was really weird and you were overdrafting talent just because the class was just so thin in general. If Thaddeus Moss, a bunch of other people have said it and I've said it as well. If Thaddeus Moss's last name was Thaddeus Jones he would have been an undrafted free agent and no one would have thought twice even after two touchdowns in the national championship game or whatever he had right everyone's just Mm -hmm. banking on the fact that he is Randy Moss's son he's nothing like his dad he's nothing like this dad except except for the fact that they play football and he occasionally catches it like that's it to say that like oh he's Randy Moss's kid he's Randy Moss's kid like I it's just beyond moronic homerism or beyond moronic like blindness to the obvious facts that he's not a good football player or he's not a like dynamic tight end that like I w- I made fun of this guy from the hail to the district account because he asked Mark Phillips to um Mark Bullock to compare Jordan Reed to Randy Moss. And I'm like, you're comparing a Camry to a Lamborghini and you're like asking, you know, and you think that like, this is a thing? Like you're an idiot. And like at best, and I think a bunch of other people have referenced this like Thaddeus Moss is a is a strong blocking tight end. And if that's what it turns out to be, wonderful. But to think that we've got some, you know, we've got the next Greg Olson in him is like, come on, people really come, need to come back to reality here.
1: So I love Thaddeus Moss. Um, and I know I tend to agree with you on what he just said, uh, but my buddy, uh, I'm going to give two shots today. First one was to Chester. Second one's to Smalley, John Smalley. Oh, we're all on the same text thread. He, is, he has me brainwashed about Thaddeus Moss. He wanted to draft Moss in the third round, <laughs> and so he was pissed when we didn't draft him in the seventh round. Obviously, he's super pumped that he's, um, you know, what's what are they called? Like yeah, unrestricted free, free agent, yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever the yep. terminologies. Um, so, priority. look, I, I I don't think yeah priority free agent that really is. I don't think this guy. I have a lot of thoughts on Darius Moss. I don't know how late. I don't know how late you want to stay up because this could take a while. Um. I have a lot of thoughts on this guy. One, if you're a Redskins fan and you think we're going to go 10 and 6, look at this fact. A priority free agent is going to make our squad and potentially start. So you're 10 and 6, out the window.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, two, I actually think he could be kind of sneaky good. He's not going to be Jordan Reed. He's not you know, running some seam route by some linebacker because he's a freak athlete like Jordan was. But he, I, he to me, fits the H-back role. He's he's kind of like a poor man's coolie. Uh he's not fleet of foot. Catch. Yeah, but he's I mean, got great run. hands.
0: He can't run, sorry.
1: He, he can't, no, he can't run at all. Um but he's from what I understand a very good blocker. Bullock was all in on his blocking uh in his in his article. Uh and he's got great hands. Like you can't knock his hands. Um so I'm excited about him. I don't think he's ever gonna be that good. Um but it is exciting, A, to have Randy Moss's kid on our team. Uh, and, B, if we get creative and find a way to use him in, like, five- to ten-yard routes, he's mostly in there, but he can sneak out every once in a while. And we use him almost as an H-back, and he becomes a poor man's Niles Smalley. Or, excuse me, Niles Paul. I call my buddy Smalley Niles Smalley. Uh he becomes a poor man's Niles Paul, then, like, great. We didn't draft him. He's a pride or free agent.
0: Works out. I love the not this, the poor man's as Paul. And that's kind of what I would put him at, right? Like if he becomes that, wonderful. If he becomes, you know, like... Uh, in my oh, head he he replaces like who was the bums that we had a tight end last year or like richard rogers right like if he displaces richard rogers spot as a great. body in camp wonderful i i'm hoping he does that if he displaces my boy logan thomas wonderful i hope he does that that's great right like if he does any of those things or like Hale henches which i don't even know if he's gonna be a thing like he was last year and he, you know one of the guys we signed off the street and asked him to start playing on sundays like if he's replaces one of those guys mm-hmm. wonderful i'm not rooting against him i just think redskins fans need to start realizing that this guy is not you know it's not even don warren don warren's a blocker but like it's like you know he's just he's
1: he's he's fine he's a he's not even robert royal remember him? i do remember robert royal from <laughs> lsu i think, I was, so, I, think right? I
0: was so bad what a random <laughs> pull. that was one hell of a random poll do
1: you remember jamie uh, asher oh yeah he is yeah. jamie asher was great he was before oh, stephen man. alexander is he before stephen alexander i think so or that they're around right. the same time. Right. Wasn't Asher like one of Ferrat's first tight ends? Yes, I believe so. So you
0: might be right because I think Steven Alexander was a little later than that, like late 90s.
1: Yeah. Jamie Asher is like one of the first Madden like players I, I knew because of the Redskins. I was like, oh, Jamie Asher, plus Redskins. Jamie Asher from Louisville. I don't know why I remember that t-
0: t- trap of useless information.
1: Um, um, that's my Thaddeus mouse I, rant. You know, I I, I like the. Signing. I mean, he's. We didn't draft him. We didn't waste a pick on him. If he comes in, he's good. Great. If not, then like whatever. Um, but uh, the reality of being a Redskins fan is centered around that guy. People were like, "Why are we drafting him through the whole draft?"
0: Literally every Everyone, single pick.
1: And and he was not drafted by any team. And then not only that, this guy. I'm not going to say he's a shoe in, but I guarantee you, he's on that 53 man roster. Guaranteed.
0: I would be more surprised from the numbers perspective, because again, who's going to displace some Richard Rogers, Hale Henches, right? Like I think from that perspective, it works out. Um, and they probably signed him as a, you know, pun intended again, higher priority free agent after the draft comes out knowing that he would be relatively in demand. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say I would be, sur- I'm, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I probably would lean towards more surprised if he was released and not, um, but you know, maybe Jeremy Sprinkle balls out. I'll never hold my breath
1: oh, on that. Fuck. But just I, but cut him. Uh, you know, not your not your draft pick, Ron. Just kick him to the curb.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see.
1: And I think you you alluded to
0: something there, and we kind of tying back everything we've been saying about this year. There's gonna be a lot of dudes kicked to the curb after this year is so over. I think. Thank God, Ron Rivera is gonna do a lot. I think this year, because again, he doesn't get to know everybody, and he's gonna mm-hmm. learn a lot on the fly just because of the nature of the COVID world plus just the nature of like your first time coaching a team over the course of a year. Like our boy the Troy Apkeys of the world and stuff like that. Like get get the fuck out of yeah. here. Right. I don't know. Abkis
1: kind of a stud on special teams. Yeah, yeah not so much.
0: Uh or I mean get yeah, not and not so much anything else. But um yeah, God, I'll just Apke leave it there.
1: Yeah. the worst player in the league. Worst player of the league we went there. It's either him or Troy Quinn. Give it a toss up. They're b- fucking both awful. That's a tough fight. <laughs> That's a really tough
0: one. I'm gonna have to sleep on that one. Um, any final thoughts on the schedule?
1: Uh, I mean, if you look at sheer numbers, we have like the 27th hardest ranked uh, schedule in the NFL or something like that. I heard it was dead last last year. Yeah, I heard it was like we're top five easiest,
0: to which is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. But like. I don't know if the NFL hates us or not, but like that back half of the schedule is not easy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that,
0: like where they got this idea that it's like easy. I'm, I'm, I, I haven't gotten that memo yet.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's. Like, I think it's a little skewed because we have the Lions and Bengals and then the Giants twice. You got four dumpy teams there, uh, but you also get the you get the NFC West. Uh, that sucks. Best division in football probably, um, and you have yeah, a. Re- yeah, you have the road game at Pittsburgh, not to mention those road games are at Dallas, at Pittsburgh, at San Francisco in a row, um, and you draw the Ravens. Uh, so like, it's going to be a tough year. And you know, on September twelfth, if you call me or text me, I'm going to be like, we're going sixteen and zero. Just my my optimism at that point will be boiling. You know, up, read, up, if we
0: beat the Eagles in week one.
1: Yeah, and if we beat the Eagles, I'll be like Ron Vera, you know, give him a lifetime contract yep. type deal. Put him at Canton now. Yeah, um, but my only thoughts on the my parting thought with it is the only thing that matters is Dwayne Haskins. That's what I was going to say. We, if, if we are six and ten, and like Dwayne's actually pretty good, we just like cough up some games because our defense can't get a stop at the end, or you know whatever. It's a win. And the worst case scenario is we go six and ten, and Dwayne's bad. Yep. Uh, If Dwayne's bad, just fucking tank. Yep. uh, So it's it really to me. I don't really care about anything. It just it's all about Dwayne Haskins. That's the schedule.
0: Uh, To me, it's a lot of what you said. I think it's just this entire year is a bridge to next year. I think this year is basically a glorified 16-game audition for all the other 52 guys except for Dwayne Haskins, and it is for him as well, but it's much more about you that what is the trajectory of his career, at least early on. I want to see growth, and I don't know what growth looks like. I mean, obviously, I think wins is an irrational stat to kind of expect of him, but is there development does he is he learning things from year one to year two did it look like he actually put in the time of the off season? are the instagram videos that he's constantly posting himself actually accurate or are they just you know influencer well-placed choreographer choreographed you know bullshit posts right like everyone looks good in shorts in the nfl exactly right like I'm worried that he's not going to spend any time with Scott Turner, but he probably is in some capacity. What does that translate into? I'm not saying that he should look like Cam Newton circa three years ago, but I'm saying that there should be some type of you know, positive steps in the right direction and growth. I will take baby steps because even people then from last year recognize that he's going to need time to develop into what he is and he's not going to necessarily be quite as pro ready, but I just want to see some type of, um, positive movement with him and I think for everybody else it's really just you're playing for almost everybody else I mean everyone is just auditioning to be
1: on this team as Ron Rivera cleans it up at the end of the year yeah you're right I think the fact that Kerrigan doesn't have an extension yet is all I need to know about Rivera waiting to see yeah I thought for sure they were going to extend him and work some salary cap relief let him kind of be the Chris Long of our team um but that hasn't happened. And I don't think it's because of COVID. I think it's because Ron's like, you know, we're going to see what this team's about before anything.
0: I think everybody was on a private capacity with him. I think exactly yeah. that like everybody is. So um, on that note, we will call it there. So for those of you who have made it this far into the pod, thank you so much uh, for listening. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcast. We're going to kick around and see how we can get on Spotify as well. Cause that's the thing that we've talked about offline. And um, there's a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, we're Trying to Major put your content on. Yeah. Um, all right. Till then. Thank you again, Patrick, and we will talk to you later.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hail for the District podcast.
0: Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast.